This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. I am Lance Descott, your host of The Drop Podcast. In today's episode of The Drop, it is time for the playoffs. And with that comes the annual Blues first round playoff preview. And this year's 2017 playoffs, they'll be playing a Western Conference foe, the Minnesota Wild. The Blues in the regular season were 3-2 and two against the Wild and played pretty decently against them. There was one game where they really lost control of the game towards the middle to end of the first period and never really never really regained too much after that. But overall, I thought they played Minnesota pretty well, considering the fact that the Minnesota Wild for the first half of the season were probably one of the top two teams in the league. After that, they kind of fell apart a little bit and didn't start playing well till about three weeks ago. On the polar opposite side, the Blues were terrible in my mind in the first part of the season. They didn't look good. They would play one game and win it, lose two or three, win two, lose three. They just were not consistent under then-coach Ken Hitchcock. So a change was made. They brought in Coach Mike Yo, and uh, he looks like he's turned this team around. Their goals against have went down. Their goals for have went up. And uh, besides a couple of hiccups in the last couple of games against some uh, uh, teams such as Colorado and Arizona, They've looked pretty good in the second half of the season, and we hope that they can continue to do so. Before I get into my analysis of this playoff series, why don't we go ahead and hear from uh, Coach Mike of the Blues and also Bruce Boudreau of the Minnesota Wild on their team's approach to this series against each other and how they see it moving forward. Yeah, uh, you can see uh, you can see the energy in the players today, and uh, you know you can feel it just driving to the rink in the morning. You know it's playoff time, and uh, and certainly for for hockey players, this is the best time of the year. I know you've only had uh, Vladimir Tarasenko for a year, but you've seen him for, for mm-hmm. his entire career. Is, is this the most complete you've seen him? Uh, I would say so. For Even in, um, you know, in my experience with him just this year, I feel like he's grown. Um, and, and the biggest area for me is, is where he's growing is he's, he's really wants to take on uh, the role of the leader and, and be, be a real key guy for, you know, and he's always been a key guy, obviously, with his skill and, and um, you know, his ability to create offense and obviously score goals. Um, he's trying to be more impactful, um, you know, in all areas of the game and, and his understanding of it. And uh, obviously, come playoff time, that's crucial. Mike, what's been the biggest adjustment for you since you took over this job? For me personally, or for for the for the group, as you mean, or yeah, for me personally, it's it's uh, you know, I don't know. I I I guess the biggest difference is uh, you know, at that time I was serving Hitch a little bit more, and now I'm serving the players a little bit more, um, but. Uh, you know, really, I tried not to, to do too many things differently. I, you know, I had opinions and, and um, you know, whether it was individual uh, players or, or, or tactics that I, that I tried to share with Hitch. And obviously now the biggest difference is that, uh, that I'm making the decisions as opposed to just passing on information. So uh, I would say that's the biggest difference. Well, first off, we, we knew it was in there, and, and, and I, he went through a very bad spell. It was in the middle of the season, um, and we knew that he could get back to the level that he was playing at uh, at the start of the year. I, th- I felt there was many games that he, he flat out won for us. 
Um, obviously, things went sideways a little bit for him. I, I think that at that time, having Marty Berdur uh, uh, around and being able to um, to watch video with him, to be able to point to uh, um, some areas, not not weaknesses, but some some areas where he's getting beaten. And what that did, in, in my eyes, first off, it gave him an opportunity to go out and correct those things, but it put the control, uh, the feeling of control back on Jake. Um, you know, when things are going in and you're not sure why, um, and things aren't going well and you're not sure why, that's when you start to lose confidence. Um, so there was a real good understanding as far as if something went wrong, the reason for it, and then... Uh, then obviously the, the work goes in in practice and, and the focus goes in in games, and, and that's when things get corrected. How do people remember that playoff series two years ago in St. Louis as Jake not playing well? You coached against him in that series. What do you remember about him? Well, I, I don't remember him not playing well. I remember it being a good series, and, and you know what gets lost in those obviously is, is I'm sure that there was many, many great saves that he made along the way. So, um, you know, this is this, this is about uh, us versus them right now. This is not, there's, obviously there's going to be individual storylines, uh, but one player is not going to win or lose us this series. Uh, you know, what we've done for the past few week, uh, months, excuse me, is uh, we've built a game that we feel we have confidence with. And, uh, and now, you know, at, more than ever, we have to make sure we're playing that game aggressively. Um, and obviously we have all hands on deck here, and, and that's how, how you have success in the playoffs. How did it feel the first time you went back to Minnesota after you were? Well, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's like anything. I mean, I've you know, been playing or coaching for, for quite a period of time here, so it wasn't my first experience going back and, and being in a building um, of, of a previous team that you worked with. Um, obviously, you know, when it when it's first happens, it's a little bit strange, but, um, but we're past that now. Is there an advantage for you in one sense that you really know that roster? You know strengths and weaknesses. Well, I, you know, I, I think that uh, there, there's not a lot of big secrets. You know, whether we're playing Minnesota or if we were playing another team, um, you know, with, with the amount of times that we play them, first of all, during the course of the season, um, with with the uh, you know the tools that we have at our disposal as far as video, as far as scouts, um, and the information that, that that's there for us. Um, you know, we never really feel like we go into a series unprepared. Um, now, maybe it's an advantage. Maybe it's an advantage for them too, because they know um, some of the things that uh, that that I would be doing in terms of preparation and some of the things that I like to to see as far as team play. So, I, I think once the puck gets dropped, uh, you know, th it's all about preparation at this point. But once the puck gets dropped, uh, that's when the real fun starts. I think this is about as big a group of centers as you'll ever see. What's the most effective way to combat that when you aren't as big? Well, certainly we're going to need we're going to need uh, um, an awful lot of uh, compete, battle, puck strength. Um, Faceoffs is going to be challenging against a real good faceoff team. Um, so for me, uh, you know, it's obvious we have to compete, we have to battle in the hard areas when when, when that's presented to us. Um, the also, uh, I, I think that what's one thing that's real important is that we. You know, we don't try to, to to fight the fight the way that they want it fought, and uh, and by that I mean that we have to play with an awful lot of speed, and uh, and we have to try to challenge them with uh, with speed and quickness. Coach, did uh, Petrangelo's play was it was it trending upwards, or did the, the Shattenkirk trade really open up? Uh, I definitely think it was trending upwards. Uh, you know, and and obviously the timing of that uh, that threw Petro into into the spotlight a little bit more and some more. Some more roles, some more situations that uh, that that he was maybe not um, in earlier. Uh, no question on our part from a coaching staff that he was ready for that. His game, uh, 
for, you know, really from the time that I've taken over, I feel like he's really stepped up his leadership, uh, the way he's contributing at both ends of the ice. Uh, you know, just a, a lot of confidence when a player like that goes on the ice. And, and obviously when your leaders are doing that, they're stepping over the boards and they're doing things the right way, that, that filters through to the rest of the group. You went through this when you became the captain many years ago. How has that transition, how does it affect on ice play when you have to work well you kind of you kind of you, you get focused and, and wrapped up a little bit on trying to be a, a, a real good captain and along the way you forget to be a, a good player and that's the most important part um, so we, we talked about that a couple times and, and no matter what you say it's still an adjustment there's still there's still it still takes time for the player to uh, to get used to that and, and and to remember that that there's there's an element of preparation that needs to go in for him to be at his best and that's the most important quality of a good captain did that help him early on in the year? Was that? Uh, I think we had. I think again, we, we talked about some things, but it's it's something that you have to work through in your own pace, and and that's what that's what he did. You Doug have Arnold. a bit knowledge, obviously, of Dubnik. What are the attributes that make him great? Well, his size is he's he's athletic, he's competitive. Um, you know, he's he's obviously uh, built up a lot of confidence in the last couple of years, so uh, he's a good challenge. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to really test him here. Doug Armstrong admitted that. 15 2 and 2 surprised him. Yeah. Did you think it was coming? I well, I I felt confident in our game that it was trending in the right direction. I looked at that uh, stretch where we lost five games in a row. We lost all all of those games by one goal essentially if you take away the empty nets and uh, and along the way um, obviously when you're losing you 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 really dig in, you really focus on getting better. So we weren't that far away from from winning those games. Um, but obviously it, it really gave us an opportunity as a group to dig into some areas that we needed to get better. And, uh, and so felt that, that was a big point for us. Uh, you know, we never said, let's go 15, two and two down the road or whatever the, you know, whatever the outcome was for us. It, we just did a real nice job of staying in the moment, um, recognizing that each game was important. We didn't get wrapped up in the previous result and we didn't get too far ahead. Um, and that's going to be something that I think we can take that experience into the playoffs with too. Does this putting Saboka into this lineup elevate your game in a particular way, or does adding him add a number of different things? Well, to yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for me is uh, you look at uh, the team that we're playing, and there's a lot of depth, and uh, and so now I think that we're a deeper team, and, and that and that depth is going to come into play both defensively and offensively, and he he helps us at both ends of the ice. So he's a guy that factors into our special teams. He's a guy that can help us on faceoffs. And he's a guy that uh, is an experienced player and has played um, in world championships and played uh, played at the highest level. So um, obviously, it's a it's a great asset to get him this time of year. Has he had enough time? Is he ready? Yeah, I think he's ready. And and again, I, I I think him just like the rest of our group. Our focus is you know we want to put our best game out there in game one, and then we'll continue to get better as uh, as the series moves along. Mike, What's the latest the, on Paul? Uh, sorry. On Stas. Uh, obviously not skating yet, so uh, we'll just keep him day to day. With the addition of Saboka, um, evolution of Barbashev. I mean, is, are matchups not as big of a concern for you starting on the road? Instead of your well, yeah. When you when you go on the road, obviously they, they're they're dictating the matchups as far as uh, who you know they have the last change and and they can determine that. So. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, it's always a, it's always a, a point of focus for us as a staff. Certainly, the more depth you have and the more trust you have throughout your lineup, then you don't have to try to hide anybody. Um, you know, and, and matchups, you know, go more than one way for us. It's sometimes it's a, a personnel related, and sometimes it's situation related. Whether it's D zone, whether it's a offensive zone, and so on. The trickle down effect when you get steam now on that line with Latera and 
the vodka, maybe not. Well, that's, you know, that's, again, that, that that was part of the process and part of the thought process there. We thought that Magnus played real well with Berge and David Perron. That line was very effective for us. Um, and uh, and we feel that, uh, you know, that that, that group with Letera and Saboka now, um, not only do they have the ability to be defensive and, and, and tough to play against, but obviously we, we need everybody contributing at different points. You know, we can't have uh, a situation where we have one line going out there and, and, and they're the only ones that can score. And if they if they do great and if they don't, then we're in trouble. Um, that's 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 the way playoffs go. You know, you, you put your best team game out there. Um, we go out there as a group and we lay it on the line and every night a different guy has a chance to be the hero and, and uh, we feel like we're set up that way. You don't sound superstitious. Hockey people generally are. Oh, I got some crazy ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't answer that question on a Tuesday. <laughs> With the, the fifteen two run, there, there was a win in Minnesota right at the beginning of that. Was that? Yeah. Uh, we we well. I mean, they were on top of their game, and we challenged our group to uh, to recognize the. Um, that, that sort of the situation and, and, and understand that, that we were trying to build our game and, 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 and in that you, you want to build the confidence in your game. And so for us, we knew that that was an opportunity that we could grow as a group. If we went out and played our best game and came out on top, then, um, then obviously we, we have a bit of a blueprint going forward. So we, 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 we talked about it to our group. We knew it could be a meaningful game for us, and, um, and certainly I, I believe that it was. And that game also kind of set them into their yeah, I, I don't really know, you know, what the ins and outs of, of, of what happened there. Um, you know, in in our preparation, the way I operate is I prepare for the team's best game. So I know that they had a little bit of a skid, um, but they seem to have corrected themselves and uh, and we're preparing for the team that we saw earlier in the year and the team that uh, that we saw at their best. Mike, how do you think you've grown as a coach since they let you go? Well, there's there's a number of ways. I would, you know, how I deploy players, uh, how I prepare our group. Um, you know, there's certainly a different uh, confidence when you come into your second job. Uh, you've learned, you know, obviously a lot of the good things. That's easy, but when you have to really dig in and look at things you didn't do well enough, um, to me, that's the, that's your real opportunity to grow. And uh, and nothing like getting fired to give you that opportunity. So, so what are some of the things that you you think you didn't do well enough? Uh, I'd rather stay away from that if that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to call him. Okay. So okay. <laughs> you need something. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Can you take us to that moment where you when you're let go? Yeah. And how tough is that? It's a stupid question. Yeah. Kind of no, it's. I mean, I I as a player, as a coach, um, at any level, I had never been traded and I had never been fired. So, um, you know. It, the emotions of of what happened at that time it was it was gut wrenching to be perfectly honest. I mean, I, I, you you have a job where you put your heart and soul. It's not just a job where you show up and and you punch the ticket and you work hard. I mean, you put your literally your heart and soul into it, and then uh, and then that gets taken away from you. It's it's a tough thing to deal with, and that was my first experience. But uh, but I believe that that has made me a better coach and. Looking back at it, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not disappointed that I went through it. Well, with that said, how can not a part of this series be a little bit personal? Well, uh, yeah, you know, because it's just too much at stake. And I will not allow it to get personal because my team, um, they, they need me for to, to have the right mindset, to have the right focus, to have the right composure. 
And um, so for me, this is playoff hockey. There's there's something much more at stake. That's uh, something that's that's way bigger in my eyes than than a little revenge here. It's it's the it's the pursuit of winning the Stanley Cup. That's our focus. And uh, and so we have a real tough opponent in our way. And uh, and so we'll be ready for that. What have you seen, Mike, from Jordan Schmaltz and uh, you know, the short body of work that he's capable of playing at this level? Well, I mean, first off, what, what you get is hope, and you get. Uh, you get confidence in the game that he's playing, and he, and he plays with uh, an element of poise in, in his execution and, and his defensive game. Um, and that said, the one thing about the word hope is that it's not a certainty. And so for me, with all of our young players, I, I'm, I just think this is a great experience for them. I want them to take it in, and I want them to uh, go out there with, a, with no fear in their game and play with confidence and, and play aggressive. Do you rely on the veterans to guide the way, or do you feel like as coaches you have to kind of maybe reel them in? I think, I, think, I think that there's really nothing you can do to completely prepare them. Um, the, you know, we, anybody that's been in a playoff building knows the atmosphere, uh, the energy, the momentum swings, and, uh, and really it's just it's something that, that they have to deal with firsthand, and, and, uh, and I hope that they, they enjoy every minute of it. It's great to hear uh, Coach Mike go on about how he's not going to make this personal. I fully agree with him. When you make it personal, you kind of uh, cause some issues with your team. He's just looking at it as another team that he's got to beat to get to that second round. But also for the Minnesota Wild, Coach uh, Bruce Boudreaux is looking at it the same way. This is just another step for him to try to get his team to where they want to be, and that's to continue in the playoffs and beat the Blues. Let's go ahead and hear from uh, Coach Boudreaux of the Wild. Well, I mean, I hope uh, I hope it's important. Uh, confidence is big. I think they're thinking they're uh, playing better, and they are. And uh, when you feel good about yourself, it's uh, it's an awful lot easier to play. You start uh, thinking about the things you're going to do rather than the mistakes you're going to make. Is there a pivotal moment with Coyle in particular? You, you mentioned that you've had to take different tacks with him. Yeah, I don't know if there's. Um, in any single moment with Charlie, but it's one of those gradual things that if you were doing a graph, it's just coming up, it's gone down, and it's coming up, and it's on a positive upswing right now. And again, I, I think he feels better where he is, and he's not pressing. And the fact that everybody starts even in production wise, uh, I think uh, goes a long way in his mind. How did Erickson X game evolve when he went? Just more experienced. He played more, um, got older, and uh, th that's pretty well how it evolves. I mean, uh, he starts out as a young 19-year-old in, in awe of what's going on over here to uh, a guy that's played a season under professional hockey and been back here before. So I, I think he didn't come with the same uh, honest, basically, and knew that he was going to come in here to play and that he was going to be treated more like a, uh, hey, it's a your first year guy. You can make mistakes now to a point where hey, we expect you to do this. I would hope so. I would hope he's ready to play. I think he is just by the way he practices. With guys like Erickson Eck and Colin who are new to the playoffs, how can you help prepare them for what they're going to face? It's guys, yeah. I can you can talk to them, but 
the only way they're going to get uh, see what's going on is by playing in it, and that's uh, that's where the word experience comes in. There's going to be a lot of a lot of players on a lot of different teams here that don't have experience of playing in the NHL playoffs, and the the big thing is not to get overwhelmed by it, but at the at the same uh, same thing is play your best, and that's all we can ask. How valuable is it that a lot of your mid twenty guys have about thirty something games under their belt here in the playoffs? I, mean, I think it's important. You know, I mean, it's it'll be unless the Leafs win the cup, then nobody will say anything about experience anymore. How big a difference is it uh, between the regular season and the playoffs? Everybody talks about experience and how it's a totally different kind of a game, but uh, what kind of a step up is it? Well, it, get ramps up, it ramps up pretty good. I mean, there's no there's no taking shifts off. There's no coasting. I mean, uh, um, it's funny. When, you, when you're away for the summer and you come back and you watch preseason games and Sometimes you go, wow, this is this is pretty good. How uh, how much better can it get? And then all of a sudden you see the first regular season game, and you go, man, this is no nothing like preseason. Everybody's going at it. And then at the by the end of the year, you're you're looking at the the playoffs, and it gets ramped up, you know, one and a half times more than what the the regular season was. So it's a uh, it's it's an exciting time. Players do things that they wouldn't normally do. They pay the price a lot more. Um, they don't worry about anything other than winning, and that's what makes going for this trophy uh, the, the best uh, the best thing in sports. You see St. Louis coming in here and trying to shut things down and try to play it as close to the West. They want what they did to their last appearance here. I would think that's where their strength is, so that's what they're going to do. I mean... Uh, they shut us down really good the last time here. We didn't we didn't get very few opportunities, and it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all if that's a template for what they're going to do tomorrow or try to do tomorrow. How different are they? You mentioned yesterday you faced this team a lot in the last five years. How different are they than when they had guys like Backus and Brower? Well, you know what? Everybody thinks they're not as heavy a team, but they they still play similarly, and they're bigger and uh, they're really big on the back end. You know, I mean, they don't have Shattenkirk, and that's uh, uh, probably the the one guy that they don't have. But they're bigger and stronger, and they and they play a, a meaner game in front of the net, and uh, and they've been very, very good at it. Both of these coaches know that this is going to be a very hard-fought series. Let's go over some of the keys for the Blues to beat this tough Minnesota Wild team. And I know a lot of the Blues fans are thinking this may be an easy series and that they wanted the Blues to play Minnesota instead of Chicago. Uh, for those fans that think that Minnesota is not as good of a team as Chicago, I honestly think that they're wrong. I think Minnesota is a very good team, and just because they had that bad uh, you know, last uh, couple months of the season and started picking it up towards the end of the season, uh, d- don't, don't take them lightly. Uh, you know, I, It's kind of like the Blues. You don't want to take the Blues lightly because they had a, a bad part of the f- first part of the season. So uh, the Blues need to put a ton of shots on Dubnik, put a bunch of guys in front of him, get those rebounds, get those deflections, and uh, just be physical. If they're not physical with his team, they're going to have a lot of issues. Jake Allen needs to be able to stand on his head. The Blues need to cut down on the shots. In in my mind, if they average uh, 25 shots or less, the Blues are going to be very successful in this series, and they have to do that. We're going to need a big series from Joel Edmondson. I know he has stepped up and played pretty decently, pretty good. 
uh, since uh, Shattenkirk was traded. He's had a few things that, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, got in his way there, and he didn't play very good off and on. But overall, I think he's really stepped up and become the defenseman the Blues, I'm pretty sure, know that he can be. Uh, we need some scoring from other people besides Patrick Berglund and Tarasenko. We, we really do. Those are the only two guys with over 20 goals, Tarasenko with 39 and Berglund with 23. The Minnesota Wild uh, have five guys. I know other stations uh, in this uh, St. Louis area, radio stations, TV stations, are uh, saying that Minnesota only had uh, four guys with 20-plus goals. Well, they're forgetting about Hansel. Hansel, if you take his uh, Coyotes uh, goals and his uh, um, Minnesota Wild goals, he's got more than 20 goals. So they have five 20-plus goal scorers on this team. They've got a solid, solid, strong team. They've got big defensemen. Uh, they've got guys that can come in and, and make big plays. I'm hoping this is a low-scoring game because that feeds into the Blues. One to nothing, two to one, three to two, two to nothing. That's the type of game the Blues need to play. If this gets too much above four to three very often in this series, the Blues aren't going to win this series. It needs to be a low-scoring series for each game for the Blues to, to play their game and to have the chance to win because we don't have the scoring depth and the scores that the Wild have. We've got a great defense. We've got a great penalty kill. We've got a great goalie. Uh, but the Wild have a great goalie, and they have a, a good defense. They have a deep defense. The difference between these two teams are the scores, and uh, that's going to be it. If the Blues can hold down those five 20-plus goal scores and keep them you know, somewhat uh, out of the scoreboard, then they're going to have success. But the Blues also have to get some of these guys that haven't been scoring very much this year to step up and get some of those goals. The key for the Blues is going to be the third and fourth lines. If the fourth line can play like they did in the regular season, the Blues are going to have success. So that's been my real quick and brief preview of this Blues versus the Minnesota Wild Series. I hope everybody gets the time to watch it, uh, You know, to cheer on your team, whether you're cheering for Minnesota or for the Blues. I think you're both going to see great games. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of the Drop Podcast. Don't forget that we'll be back again for the game recap of the first game tonight. So until then, have a great rest of your evening, and let's go Blues! This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, www.droppodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our show and download current and past episodes from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and Google Play. You can follow The Drop on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about lineupmedia.fm or The Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com, theofficialdrop at gmail.com, or lansd at droppodcast.com. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.